would have been nice to meet outside for coffee, but I think it's impossible now, right, Aigen? It is. These corona figures are so high, especially in our city, Izmir. We'd better stay at home, actually. But your coffee makes up for it. <laughs> it's nice to have coffee with you. This is the Turkish Coffee Podcast by Nazlan Ertan and Aigen Aytaç. women who've been friends for decades as they traveled and worked all over the world. Turkey watchers know far too well the intricate family relations in Turkey. Just like the Inuit having a hundred words for snow, we have so many words to describe relatives. And in fact, we have done a previous episode where we explained the three words that are used for ants. And now we want to do the same thing for Enişte, the uncles for whom we have about four words. And we want to do it right when a famous family criminal case is on the headlines. Which famous criminal case? The Palu family. It is the horrible story of Tuncer Ustayl, who married Emine Palu and started living with the family. But perhaps we should just take one step back and you explain what an enişte or uncle or brother-in-law is. To talk about enişte is as difficult as knowing the secrets of this Palu family actually. Enişte is the husband of your sister or any other female relative. It can be the husband of your mother's sisters or father's sisters as well. So actually, a male relative introduced to the family by marriage. Yes. And that's precisely what Tunca Ustayel was. He married Emine Palu of the Palu family and he started living with her family. And in a short while, he dominated the whole family, both financially and spiritually. He claimed that the family was surrounded by evil spirits. So under the pretense... Oh, so you mean really spiritually? Yes, I didn't know. Exactly, exactly. So he claimed that the family's house was surrounded by evil spirits. So in order to drive them away, started certain even spiritual sessions and eventually established his cult among the family. He got the family to sell the house, got all the money to himself, draw away some of the male relatives, sexually abused one of the sisters of his wife, and then started torturing and eventually killing one of the sisters. So today's podcast involves families, love, hate, jealousy, power games, violence, adultery, and more. You'll be wondering at the end, how come one man can bring so much excitement to the household? But that is the definition of enişte, isn't it? For this podcast, Aigen and I both read this wonderful book about Turkish uncles by Tanıl Bora and Mustafa Çiftçi. How would you translate it? Enişte Risalesi, the book of brother-in-law? Probably, yes. So there people give a lot of definitions of the uncles. What is the one that caught your eye? For example, one definition is that he is the alien at home or enişte is the name produced to allow the outsider in the house or the one who comes last and distorts the order changes all the power relations in the family this is especially valid for brothers you know normally brothers are the power centers in the family but when another man comes marrying your sister then or your beautiful aunt yes and of course depending on the enişte's power things change i have actually ancient story about this because of this competition you know the brothers always tell their father oh yes our sister got married to this man but she's still closer to us 
to show that it's not the case, the father rips off the bodice of the woman, her daughter, and this woman, to cover herself up, throws herself on her husband, not the brothers. And then the father turns to his sons and says, you see, now your sister is closer to her husband, not you. So this story actually is mostly told by Enishtes, <laughs> rather than brothers, of course. <laughs> or by very wise fathers. Marriage bond is considered sacred, and this is something we hear over and over in the present government. But what I liked about this Tanal Bora book is that Enishtes actually bring two offers to the family. One is, of course, the financial offer. He sometimes uplifts the family. The Kodoman Inishte, the rich uncle who is going to uplift not only his wife, but the whole family. And then, of course, there is the sexuality element. He is the guy who is sleeping with your sister, yeah. which is very important in an oriental culture where sex is not discussed, yes, but very not, powerful. <laughs> it's not discussed, but everybody knows. It's yes. like the elephant in the room. <laughs> yes, so that's why you're right. The relationship between the brother and Inishte is a complicated one. And there is also some suspicion toward the newcomer, right? We had this wonderful podcast. Mm. Well, I'm saying wonderful because I loved it. <laughs> yes, we both love it. <laughs> Yenges. About Yenges, about the sister-in-law, yeah. the daughter-in-law, so to speak. And she is also treated with suspicion. But then, because in the traditional Turkish society, the woman's position is internal, she's sort of grounded at home. Whereas Enişte is the link between outside and inside, the outsider who knows the secrecy of the family. Yenge comes and lives mostly, you know, in traditional families, in the family. But Enişte is the one who is always out. He's kind of a bridge between the outside and the inside. Brings the news. You remember when there was this 2016 kudeta attempt in Turkey? Even President Erdogan came out and said that he heard of coup attempt from his Enişte. I remember that. It was very funny. Do you remember all those headlines and jokes saying that perhaps he should bring his uncle to a very good position at the head of the Turkish intelligence agency? Yes, it was strange for a man who had all the intelligence agencies and police and everything under his control and still learning the kudeta from his inishte. <laughs> yes. Which shows that he was unlike most Turkish men who hated his inishte. <laughs> and, But... sur and surprisingly, inishte also liked him. <laughs> <laughs> to tell him that he was in danger. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> But there are quite a few political inishtes in Turkish history. Remember, President Gül had an inishte, and when there was the wedding of Gül's daughter, the inishte wanted to park at a place that was forbidden, and the police stopped him. And he said, do you know who I am? The sort of sentence uttered by politicians. And this raised quite a lot of eyebrows, because Gül himself was such a modest man that such a sentence from his relative, not even President himself, was unheard of. Yeah, but usually it's the case, no? Men mm. themselves or women themselves don't do that, the powerful ones. <laughs> but the surrounding people always use this. That is true. But this was one strong-minded inishte, clearly. And the other one is, of course, the husband of Mrs. Çiller, Turkey's first female prime minister. Oh, he was the inishte <laughs> At that for a long point, time. <laughs> he was the inishte. You are right. Özer Uçuran Çiller was one strange inishte for the nation. He was unique in the sense that he was the only Turkish man known in history who had consented to take his wife's last name. And of course, he considered himself a jack-of-all-trades. He was a writer, he was a banker, 
he was a consultant, he considered himself a super diplomat, and of course, a bon vivant, somebody who loved all those good food, good places, etc., a trendsetter. But at any rate, the Turkish people did not like it. Generally speaking, Turkish people like foreign enishtes. And there is a whole chapter in that book about the foreign men, be it Syrian or German, who marry Turkish women. The ones who have to accept the Turkish rules. You yes. know, it's, it's not easy to be an enişte in a new family, let alone to be an enişte in Turkey and to be the enişte of the whole Turkey because whole Turkey, whole city, the whole street or the region you live watches you. First of all, the whole family is curious whether you were circumcised or not. <laughs> Which is awful. So again, go on. Tell me about this traditional wisdom. What do we say about uncles? By uncle, we refer to enişte, right? Right. Well, you know, sometimes Enişte is a role model, but sometimes he is fake, shady, rip-off, sometimes he's amusing, fun, vagabond, chaser, wild, and also sometimes a laughing stock. <laughs> But sometimes unfaithful, promiscuous. Well, sometimes he has an eye on his sister-in-law. Hence the famous proverb saying, it's neither a holiday nor my birthday. Why on earth did my enişte kiss me? Yes, again, this baldus baldan tatlıdır. Yes, that's very difficult to translate. Your sister-in-law is sweeter than honey. It depends, you know, who is saying what family, what the conditions are, how the enişte's character is. But also there are a few other sayings as well. One is that, a good son-in-law is a gained son, but a bad son-in-law is a daughter lost. Exactly. And if the enişte has an eye on several daughters, several daughters lost. <laughs> yes. There's another saying. Uh, you remember enişte's shadow is Gevan's shadow. Gevan is a tree, but a very thin tree, which doesn't have a shadow. <laughs> so this is the inefficient, ungainful, useless enişte. <laughs> yes. Uh, whose shadow is no use to anybody. But then there are other enişte's and there's a there's another saying for that. They say, okay, you don't have an enişte, but don't you have a donkey at least? So that is supposed to imply that once you allow a man in, he's actually supposed to carry the burden. Yes, yes, almost like a donkey. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. In early Republican literature, enişte was usually seen as a threat, no? Well, it was very strange. You know, when we say about early Republican literature, we have two writers. One is Reşat Nuri Güntekin and the other is Hüseyin Rahmi Gürpınar. Both wrote about the Ottoman early Republican families trying to modernize. And of course, Güntekin was serious. But Gürpınar was a very funny guy. Yes. So in Gürpınar's books, the enişte is this sort of leechy figure who is married to one of the members of the family, but has an eye on all the others, including his mother-in-law. Oh, yes. So he's not put in a very positive light. Whereas... It must be more difficult in the past, you know, when families, many relatives were living in the same house, in this big house. Exactly. And that's what Güntekin describes very well, because he talks about those large konaks, but because these are run by matriarchs, enishtes are sidelined, and so they are pushed into behaving well. But what surprised me in the book of enishtes, so to speak, was that there were very few episodes about how it feels to be an enişte. The book was mostly written from the eyes of the family looking at the enişte, but there was one chapter written by Mustafa Çiftçi, one of the co-editors, on how it feels 
supposed to be an enishte. And do you remember the description he has given? Which one? Tell me. He said, I have become a hand-kissing machine. He desperately wanted to fit in with the family of his first wife, and apparently they were more traditional. So he wanted to fit in, so he did all those little gestures of kissing hands. And he said, I became a machine of kissing hands all the time. And my mother saw me doing that. He said, but what sort of despicable bug have you become? <laughs> I'm not surprised the marriage ended. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not only the book of Enishtes, but all the films and TV series, they approach the Enishte from others' point of view. As a matter of fact, almost all men are Enishtes to this or that family. Nobody thinks of Enishtes. But there is one category of people in a certain region of Turkey, the mothers-in-law in Rize, in Black Sea region, seem to think of them. They bake this dessert called Enişte Delight. Enişte Lokumu. Full of energy, butter, eggs, sugar. It's part of the bride's dowry. So these mothers want Enişte to be filled with energy. For the virility of the Enişte, I think. Yes, it's thought that the young couple cannot eat much in front of the elders when they are having dinners. So for the Black Sea region, for Rize, it's a must for the mothers, mother-in-laws, to make uh, Enişte delights for their daughters and especially for the Enişte. I rather love that story simply because in marriage ceremonies in traditional Turkish, something sweet is given to the bride, not to the groom with the expectation that if you give honey, etc. to the bride, she is going to be sweet-tongued. Yes, but it's symbolic. In this case, they want the son-in-law to eat it at home, <laughs> to, to have more energy. Can you see? And to be dynamic. Can you see the role of sex, actually? It's not talked, but it is related to sex, the yes. sexual power of the man. Yes, exactly. So they are discreetly giving him some sort of Ener energy energizer, <laughs> energizer and say, now go, son. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's so explicit. Everybody knows this. But it's not talked. It's not talked. But we don't speak of Enishtes that much either. So it's one of those relations which are getting, except for the perverse families such as Palu or yes. Murders, or some of those throwback novels. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship that's getting extinct and being modernized, I think. Also, even in traditional families, they are like the unwanted guests. Family doesn't want an outsider in the family, but still they have to live with it because of their daughters. There, there's also that thing, I guess. And particularly among the male members of the family, competition is bound to happen. You know, one of the saddest stories I have read in modern times, there was this doctor who lost his job and faced trial because he posted an image that compared this country's president to a Gollum character. I had always thought that he had been caught because he posted it publicly. In fact, he hadn't. It was among his friends, and it was his Enishte who reported him. Mm, you see, is the Enishte a good citizen or an informer? Is the Enishte a helper or the fiend in the family? And we leave you with those thoughts.